I reached out because I want to hear your story. And um, I feel like it fits into what I'm trying to do with this whole podcast and brings a whole vibe of, you know, just structure and goals and stuff of such. So if you could just start, you like from you don't got to rush through it, you know, beginnings the struggles and just who Tommy G is. Cool. Well, I uh, was born in Illinois. I'm a triplet. So I grew up in a very uh, competitive family because all three of us were always competing. And it turns out I was the dumbest of the three. Uh, they were <laughs> way better at me in school. And I was, I was smart, but they were on a whole nother level. And so um, I started a big part of my life. One of the biggest influences, probably the single greatest influence is uh, being a wrestler. And I started when I was 10 years old. I remember being on a, a Little League baseball team and one kid had really big muscles for a 10-year-old. And we're like, Reese, how'd you, how'd you get those muscles? He's like, I'm a wrestler. So sure enough, I decided to sign up. I ended up being in one of the um, best kids clubs in the country. It's the Crystal Lake Wizards and a lot of great dads that uh, coach and, and run it. And uh, that took me through to, to some really big challenges in my life. Probably everything that I've been able to overcome is be because of what I've learned in the sport of wrestling. And so like to give you an example on a few things that uh, wrestling has taught me, like uh, my junior year of college, I was uh, being, I was a team captain. I was trying to become a national champion. I started a business and uh, I was an entrepreneur um, in college and also doing classes. And while doing all that, I was cutting 13 to 14 pounds a week to compete. And so that taught me a lot about priority, structure, and discipline, and also keeping in mind the long-term goal. Like, yes, I could, I could go get ice cream or I could do stuff in the short term, or I could become a national champion in the long term. And so being able to chart myself in a way that the long-term best is going to happen. And I guess like asking questions like, okay, like what does me right now want? And also does that align with what me in 10 years is going to want? Right. If those two things align, then I'm on a pretty good path. Uh, the other, uh, I'd say like notable uh, part of my life from wrestling is when I went to, uh, it was a Navy SEAL wrestling camp at the Naval Academy in Annapolis, Maryland. And it was eight days, four practices a day, ran by the Navy staff, Navy SEALs, elite Marines, and uh, all sorts of other high-level wrestlers. And they beat the absolute hell out of you. And stuff like, you know, three-mile body carries and, um, you know, 45-minute grind matches. And, I mean, there was a one year, I actually went back to do the camp as a camp counselor for three years. And one of those years, um, so many kids were getting sent to the hospital for being dehydrated that the hospital said, if you send one more kid to us, we're going to shut this <laughs> camp down. And so just, I think, being able to be comfortable and thrive in really difficult situations, it tests your spirit and tests your soul. And there's a quote in the wrestling world that says, once you've wrestled, everything else in life is easy. And so whether it comes to making YouTube videos or um, doing something I have to do for my day job, it's having the, the focus of like, look, like, I've, I've cut 14 pounds in a week while doing X, Y, Z. I've done four workouts a day. This ain't shit. I'm going to be okay. Let's mm -hmm. keep it moving. See, dude, that, that's awesome because, like, you have what a lot of people don't have, which is unfortunate. You have drive. You know what you want. And when you want to do something, you go out and you do it. You don't say, 
oh, well, maybe if I do this or if I wait, no, you, you fucking do it. And it's, it's, it's awesome to hear. And the whole thing of structure and it, it built you into who you are today and you're still building, you know, you're still a young dude and it's just, it's great to see. Oh yeah. Your boys are a work in progress. And I also think that, and this is a perfect time to talk about this because we're in a stage of, of pain and discomfort as a mm-hmm. country. Yes. Pain and discomfort is some of the best stuff you'll ever go through because that's where it actually leads to change. Nothing changes when you're comfortable oh. or sitting up at, at the beach having a margarita. Things change when it's difficult. So another, I guess, important milestone was I dated this woman for four years from sophomore year of college to living together in the when I was working. And um, I thought I was going to marry her 100%. And then uh, she left. And I was brokenhearted for a while. And then I started listening to guys like Jordan Peterson and really figuring out that. And if anyone hasn't heard of Jordan Peterson, Google his his uh, Joe Rogan podcast. He has four of them. I've listened to them on repeat and also his Dr. Oz interview. And the premise of what he says is that life is very difficult. Suffering is, is inevitable. It's that you find that in the Buddhist, you find that anywhere you go in any religion. But if you do things that are meaningful and you have meaningful pursuits, then happiness will come. And when happiness isn't there, you'll be doing enough meaningful things that it can keep you afloat when the tides of life come. Mm-hmm. Which um, I saw your whole your recent video, which was great, dude. How you uh, you were Spider Man? No, oh, thank you, sir. Yeah, thank dude. You. And stuff like that, like you said, it it it, up, it uplifted a lot of people. I could tell. And especially a time like this of discomfort, but with discomfort, like you said, you being comfortable isn't going to get you anywhere in life. And, you know, you just got to take that risk sometimes. Yeah. And also instead of shying away from it, like even conflict with a friend or a loved one or a parent, looking at conflict is an opportunity to grow. And I guess like when it comes to other people, like I looked at conflict as either this is going to make us stronger or I'm going to see the true nature of their character. And maybe we do part ways. Maybe that is what's best. And I think we avoid, we want people to like us and, and we don't want to, we don't want to have fights with people we love, but if conflict is held is, is held in a good way, growth happens. And we're going to see if we can do that as a country right now, because we have an awful lot of conflict, an awful lot of unrest, a lot of disappointment in our political system on both sides. And, mm-hmm. You know, so we'll see if we can rally and make something out of it. Because it's one thing to be a, uh, like I think the biggest haters in the world are people that are bleacher players, people that actually aren't doing jack shit themselves. Right. That are on the bench pointing at you saying something, and we don't have time for any of that. But if we can, so so just complaining isn't going to do anything. But if we can somehow find a way to harness this into things that the the greater society is pumped about, then cool, let's have some conflict, you know? Right, right. I agree because, and there's certain things on the situation where um, there's, posit- there's pros and cons to everything, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like it's something we needed as a country on a whole to, as much as it's pushing people away, it's kind of, in a, in a sense, it's bringing us all together. Yeah. And that whole... I guess like collective group of everything. It's, it's really nice to see, but also there has to be, there's a margin line of where, okay, is this, this, you know, too much, like so on and such with the riots, like that might've been a little out of hand, but then the peaceful protest and everything else is fine. Like that is okay. Like that is what we need to bring us together because fighting fire with fire isn't going to do anything. Yeah. There's always a balance to be held. Mm -hmm.
which is that's just in life with anything. Yeah. And but you know we'll, we'll see what happens. And as of right now, I mean the the protests are still going on, correct? Yeah, and they intend to go. Like I know in Milwaukee, the goal is to go for two hundred and two days, and the reason is that'll set the record as the longest consecutive march. Whereas before, I think it was dealing with the redlining of the the housing where they where black mm-hmm. people couldn't go to certain sides of the town and, and get a, and rent. So that was marched and protested for about two hundred one days. So the goal is to beat that. That's what I hear. That's a lot. Two hundred two days. I mean, I definitely wouldn't. Kind of crazy. And Milwaukee, Milwaukee, for anyone that doesn't know, it has some interesting history. It's known as the most segregated city in the country. And there's clear lines that, you know, when you're in the white side of town, you know, when you're on the black side of town and, you know, when you're in the Mexican side of town. Mm-hmm. And so I think this is a good place to have some of these conversations and some of these marches. And I, I moved to Milwaukee about four years ago and learned all this stuff. And actually, for my day job, I worked in the hoodies to the hood. And like one of the zip codes I worked is known as the most incarcerated zip code in the country. It's 53206. So basically six out of 10 dudes walking around there have been to jail or prison. So it's the real deal. And my first uh, week in the field selling was right after we had, it was called the Sherman Park riots. And what happened was a black cop shot a black man and word got out. The narrative was that a white cop shot a black guy and there started being looting and riots and people were mad. And, uh, they didn't know the whole story. And so uh, like there was videos on Facebook of black people on a corner being like, if a white boy drove, drives by, pull him out and beat his ass. And so I was driving around in the hood like, oh, my gosh, like what's going to happen? Like, I know my mom was like, you can't do this. You got to leave the job. I'm like, nope. Jesus. Dude, wrestling wouldn't have been enough at that point. Oh, no, 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 no. But I think there's always um, a thing in life, too, of two things. One is not backing down to fear. And of course, there's certain things you should run from. But for the most part, I think that if you go into places with the right intentions, people are people and they 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 want to interact. And so um, I think not, not backing down to fear and then looking at things as an opportunity like you, I, I want to be the guy that my MO, I would say, uh-huh. is going into a situation I have no business being and doing just fine. So whether that means uh, like the, I had a startup business where I was pitching to NFL and college athletes to, to film videos with me and build a platform for kids. And I was a wrestler. I had no football contacts. I didn't care about football doing that. Or I went to the, uh, the jungle in Ecuador to live with a tribe for two weeks. Only guy in the, and only white boy in the village. And most of them spoke tribal language, not even, well, some spoke Spanish. So I got to communicate that way Mm. or going to the hood where it's, I'm the only white boy for miles. So that's like, those are the type of situations I love putting myself in. And... For the uncomfortable situation. Yes. Yeah. And that creates growth and everything. Mm-hmm. But like, what made you go to Milwaukee? Because you said you were in Illinois to start, right? Yeah. Well, what made me move to Wisconsin was for wrestling. So gotcha. we were, there was a dynasty being started at uh, UW Whitewater. This coach, Tim Fader, he won coach of the year. And we were on a goal, a team goal to become team national champions. And, my first three years we were there, we finished top four in the nation three years in a row. So uh, we were we were ready to to do it. And then I won't get – there was a scandal where a lot of things fell apart. But um, So that's what took me to Wisconsin. And then I was looking at the two nearest cities to where my college was, and I got an offer from Milwaukee. And, and I love Milwaukee. Milwaukee, to me, is everything – 
a city needs. So if there's nature all around, uh, there's a, one of the best fight gyms in the world here. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of good people. The Midwest kind of kindness is here. So I love it here. That's awesome. Now, did you, you said you went to college. Did you finish? Yes, sir. Yeah. You did. Uh, what did you go for? I got an entrepreneurship degree. Okay, so you went for business. Yeah. Yeah, see, that's what I'm going for. I'm going for, uh, you know, I'm going to go for business. I'm going to my community college by me. Cool. That's and, a really um, smart decision. What do you want to do with that? To be honest with you, man, I don't really know. My parents, they own businesses. So I kind of want to go to college, learn from the professors and such, and also network with people. Yeah. Meet new people, you know, explore new things, and then learn from my parents. And I want to have my own brand and my i guess in a way i don't really want to have my own company but my own brand like this podcast is the start of something i know sure. it is because you know just the drive i have and what i do and how i approach things um it's just i feel i feel like going in the right direction so 100 percent, and that's when you know you're in line with destinies when you kind of you have that gut feeling and you also are taking action towards it. i think a lot of people are like Oh, law of attraction. If I just think I'm a millionaire, I'm going to become one. Well, thinking it, having it in mind, and action. Action is probably Mm -hmm. the biggest part of that. And so, yeah, uh, kudos to you. And what kind of businesses do your parents run? They own a gym. It's a franchise gym, actually. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called Burn Boot Camp. No. And they're a a franchise partner from it. And there's, I think, about 250 of them. Um, I'm not sure if there's any in Milwaukee. I don't know about that one. No, but, but I, I think I can kind of get the concept of what it is. And also, I think most people listening to this, I, who, no, almost no one wants to be a nine-to-five worker anymore. No, no. one does. Nope. And so the, 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 you're going to only be going to become financially independent through your own investments and owning things. That's how you become rich. So I say whatever way you see fit, whether it's owning – real estate or Bitcoin or whatever it is, like, yeah, like take control of the process so that you can do life on your terms. Yep. And you, you, like you said, controlling the process, like it's like nobody, like I'm not going to be, I will not be a nine to five worker. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that right now. Like, and guys like you who have it down and you're still building and still learning. And like you said earlier, being uncomfortable, it's, it's the, it's the new cool in a sense. Yeah. And plus I think this is what you got to ask yourself too, is like, what other, I guess, okay, so I, if, if you're living a life that you wouldn't trade any detail for, then enjoy the journey. Like, yeah, am I where I want to be? No, not, not even no. close. But mm-hmm. I know the building blocks to get there, and I know that I'm in line with that. And so, like, and, and the other thing is, like, you look at, uh, like, the Lincoln Park singer who, who killed himself and all sorts of these big stars that, that die at 27 and such. Uh, they made it to the pinnacle and they still still weren't happy. So it's not the pinnacle that's ever going to make you happy. It's the values you have and the meaningful things you do building up to that, that if you, if you work that right, you should still be happy. It's but happiness you, that. Yeah. But you can be just as unhappy with a hundred million dollars to your name as you are broke as a joke. So you might as well yeah. be broke as a joke, doing what you love and have a meaning doing it. Yeah. And that's why starting off small, like, not necessarily small, but like you said, you're not like where you want to be, obviously. And the building process is there. And it's just, that's the fun part in my eyes is building. And I love, I love proving people wrong. Yes. And because I've had a bunch of doubters, I played baseball 
from age six to age 15. And I, I stopped high school my freshman year just because you know, I was done. I was tired of people doubting me. I would get down on myself very, very easily. And after that, I kind of found lifting. And I got you mm. lifting. And I'm a shorter dude. So, you know, I'm, I'm five four. And, um, so you could probably squat the whole goddamn rack, huh? I try. I do without breaking my back, maybe. Yeah. But, so, um, yeah, I got big into lifting and it shaped my whole, it shaped the confidence in a build, like not a cocky kind of way, but enough to be like, dude, like stand my own ground in a sense. Oh, yeah. And, and we should, we should have a chip on our shoulder, dude. You should have a confidence about yourself because if you don't feel that about yourself, no one else will. Right. But, and later on, you know, I got big into that. And then I, um, I found jujitsu a few, about Ooh, yeah. eight months ago. And I love it, dude. It's something I could, you know, I could put all my stuff down and let everything go. Uh, I, and you're, you're, I've heard that from before from some of my, some of my other friends. It's definitely, it's like a cult, but a good cult, you yeah. know? And I recommend, like, there's, I get a few kids, like, every now and then they'll be like, hey, I have to fight someone. What should I do? Or, you know, well, first, you always de-escalate it with your, your words. But second, I, I would put, like, if I have, whether I have a daughter, son, whatever, I definitely want them in jujitsu or wrestling or whatever martial art they choose. Just having the the confidence. And that's what helped me a lot in my pranks. Like, I yeah. put myself in some really, like, some people would poop their pants. And, like, I've gone to some scary places. And the reason I'm pretty darn confident is, okay, if something goes down, I'm going to be all right, unless they have a gun, which just tell funny stories at my funeral, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was the scariest place you went, Walmart? No, no, no. <laughs> I would say, um, I mean, that place, I actually found out that's the most dangerous Walmart in the Midwest. Jesus um, and I, I, that's my most common place I go. But I would say, uh, like, just being at some of these gas stations at, like, 10 o'clock at night, uh, like, in this super, super hood just like doing a small penis parking prank is like, oh my gosh, like what the hell am I doing? Dude, I give you props for doing that. But I also think this, and, and thank you, I think most people want to laugh. And also, the, I, like I've been threatened to be shot a couple times. Yeah. And they're always little chihuahua dudes. Like all the like the real tough gangster dudes that I've bumped into always laugh. And like the little chihuahua guys are the ones that I think it's the same with dogs. And chihuahuas are the scaredest dog there is, and they always bite first, and they always are shaky and scared. But like a real tough uh, pit bull, that's confident. Like he doesn't need to show you much. Like you know, yeah. he's got it. Yeah, you know? that is for sure. Now, do you do you run your own? Was it a wrestling school or? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I train largely kids, but also some um, jujitsu chicks and some amateur fighters and. Um, yeah, so I wrestling is one thing. I get to run a school, and I love it, man. That's one of my favorite things I get to do is, is teach that sport. Yeah, and that's that's awesome because, like, you're teaching these, this younger generation. And I saw on an Instagram story a while back, um, they had their hands over their head, and you were just training them how to be a champion. I don't know the exact words that they were saying, but um, – yeah. Yeah, the champion's pose. Yes. I think because body language is very reflective of how you feel. Like just like they say, like fake it till you make it, like fake a smile. Well, there's natural pieces of our, our body chemistry that when you hold yourself a certain way, your chest up, your chin back, or your hands up in the air. Because you watch anything. You watch Tiger Woods sink a putt and win the, the round. He, has, he puts his hands up. Usain Bolt crosses the finish line. He puts his hands up. 
So once you start aligning your body to believe and feel like a champion, then you can go out and do it in the world. Mm-hmm. And now where did you, I know about your, uh, your whole brand, Gorilla Gang, where did that come from? Um, I actually think it came from a, a quote. Um, this, this, uh, the YouTuber, Balin Levine, was in town, and I had them doing some hill sprints, and he was dying. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, well, guys, if you want to be a gorilla, you got to do gorilla <laughs> shit. Yeah. And then people started quoting that, and then I started saying gorilla gang, and then pretty soon I made merch based off of it. And I love it. I have a custom gorilla painting in my house, and um, – I love when I see people wearing the gorilla shirt, so it's it's really cool. It's really fun. Yeah, I, I still have to pick up a shirt. I know you oh, sent yeah, me the link yeah. a while oh, yeah. back, and I just never picked up a shirt. I want the white one. I'm gonna pick it up eventually. Gang, gang, <laughs> baby, dude. So like, you know, everyone usually goes for like the lion, who's like you know the king of the jungle. I like the whole gorilla idea. It's different. Yeah, I feel like, and and like just even before, like I guess when I would see some of my friends, like there's a. Uh, one of my teammates, Jordan Newman, he he goes by Not Human Newman on on Instagram, and he's a professional fighter right now. But he was a two-time national champ on my team, and this dude is just a gorilla. Like, I've never been squeezed. Like, I feel like my guts are gonna come out of my body. Like, he just the the squeeze he can put on another man is ridiculous. And I'm like, that's a goddamn gorilla. And so, just training to be on that level, and um. Yeah, I think it's a it's a powerful creature. So so why not why not uh, try and be one? Exactly. Is he um that is you said is he is he amateur fighting? No, he's uh he's fighting in Bellator. Oh, okay, yeah. So so we've had we've had a couple fighters and we have another like the other big fighter that came from my my college was uh this guy Corey Anderson who's a UFC heavyweight. I think he's number seven or six in the world right now. But um. So out of a little D three college, we got some savages coming out of there. That's awesome. And I know this guy. Well, I know of him through my trainer, um, Amos Collins. He trains me. He fought amateur. You know, he's a older dude. I think he's late thirties, early forties. And mm-hmm. um, one of his buddies, one of his Joe Selecki, he had an amateur fight about three months ago, and he's fighting again on June twentieth. I'm not hundred percent sure who he's fighting. I don't want to rig the name. But he's an up and coming guy. He's in the UFC and he's fighting on the uh, the prelims. And I reached out to him. He said he wants to be on the podcast. So but he's oh, a yeah. he's a good dude. And I was like a small conversation with him. And the people I try to align myself with, such as you, him, and you know a bunch of other people. I have uh, next week a really close friend of mine. He's pretty much like family. He's in the military. But everybody has that one thing and that structure and drive and what you have to have in life. Yes. Yes. Um, I would say two things. One is uh, fighters are like for people that aren't in the fight world. Fighters are oftentimes some of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Like they don't have they don't have road rage in a car because they get all their aggression out properly at a gym. And then they're relaxed and they're cool customers everywhere else. And um, and going to the drive and structure thing. uh, If anyone is serious about getting ahead, I would recommend they read a book called the war of art by Stephen Pressfield. That's a book that I'll read once a year, probably until I'm a dead man. I've read it probably four or five times already. And it just encourages you to keep going no matter where you think you are. Cause there's times you go through these little highs and lows. It's a roller coaster. Yep. Like, Oh man, I just got posted by this page. I'm taking off. And then there, you'll, you'll go next week. And it's like, 
what the hell is going on? Like the algorithm must be off. I'm getting a third of the views and this has happened. And then the next week you blow up again. So it's just like, do it for the love of the game and always show up and be consistent and things will figure themselves out. Yeah, it's about doing what you love first and then everything else will fall into place. And you, do you read a lot? Yes, I love reading. I've been a reader since I was a, a young boy. Always, see, that I'm the opposite. I, I hated reading. I was always in the uh, classes like that, um, like kids who needed help reading because I, and yeah, yeah. I found, I recently found reading to be big for me about a year and a half ago. And I'm still reading to this day. I don't know if you've uh, read The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. You no, have to. no. I'll, uh, Cool. Yeah, yeah, send I me will. the link for the author. I will for sure. Great book. Um, but it teaches like not teaches, but it talks about the law of attraction and stuff like that, and um, how you manifest your goals. And it's a great book to read. But I'm halfway through. Yeah. The other thing is for anyone that's not a, a reader out there, there's audible. There's there's so many ways to get the information, and if you're more of a listener. Don't let it stop you. Like, get out there and get that knowledge because that's what, like, you see a lot of these guys that, um, like, for instance, Mike Tyson, like, living a crazy life, goes to prison, mm-hmm. reads, 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 becomes a reader, and then comes out a, a whole different man. So I would say reading is a very, and that's also that, like, anyone that is successful, almost that I know about is definitely a reader. Yeah. You know? and I, I feel like you have to have, even if you don't read a lot, you got to have a little something. Because... Yeah. Because you always, yeah, you always have to learn. You can if you stop learning, you're pretty much a dead man. I mean, what are you gonna do? You know, yeah. I, I'm always yeah. down to learn new things. It's one thing I enjoy learning. I also I love learning on my own. I love figuring things out myself. I'm a very hands-on, yes. yeah. technical guy. But life is a giant puzzle. But let's get solved. But it's fun though. <laughs> it's fun. Agreed. Like I, I love, I love high, like I like I love being obviously on top, but I love being down low and building back up. Yeah, I think you have to have you have to have both simultaneously. Even the samurai must still practice the sword, yeah. you know. Yeah, and then when we talked about like earlier how you have like structures. There's a certain way you keep like goals and stuff like that. Yeah, so I have a whiteboard. I got this big old whiteboard in my house that I divide into three sections, daily goals, weekly goals. And then I set my goals for every about month and a half to two months. And the reason I do that is I think waiting a whole year for a goal is just, it's too long for me. I can't keep track of it. You know, things fizzle out, but if it's a real, real bite-sized chunks, uh, I can do that. And also I usually don't have goals that have to do with numbers. Like I want a million subscribers by this date. It's more so goals of behavior. Okay, I'm going to post a video a week on YouTube and for this long. I'm going to do this many Instagram posts. And that's how I orient my behavior. And then the daily are more so like the highest priority tasks of the day that I need to do to get myself So it's ahead. all baby steps. Yeah. And, I'm, yeah. I'm, and some of them might be big goals. Yeah. But yes, they're all like the chunks that I can see and get done in a quick amount yeah, and i'm a firm believer of that as well I, I have a notebook i have it right here actually with me right now and i write down a bunch of things in it you know goals and i don't really necessarily obviously a long-term goal is what you want and obviously is a greater achievement but it's all about baby steps and bite-sized steps like you said and achieving the small things to get to the big things i hate when people say oh, i have a new year's resolution 
that is not going to work for you. As much as you think it is, and much as you have the drive at that exact moment, like you're right. All right, it's new year, new me. I do not. I hate when people say that. Yeah, most of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. they do. Hundred percent. And I realized because I used to do that. I was maybe I'm I'm eighteen. I'll be nineteen in a few weeks. And I was two three years ago. I realized it. I'm like, dude, it's not. You're not going to get anywhere setting these giant goals and you're going to forget halfway through the year. Yeah. So, yeah. But it just, those, those little ones create into something big. And like you said, I, I don't like number goals either. Like my goal for this whole podcast is to put stuff out. I enjoy and stuff I want to hear. And maybe somebody else wants to hear. And then the people will come, which I'm not worried about that at all. Yeah. And it's building uh-huh. momentum too. You gotta have a small little snowball to get a big. That is snowball. that is correct. But that's what I was saying. On like, I I love uh, like making people feel. I like I like making people feel happy. And this whole podcast is to make yeah. people feel like they're not alone in a sense. Like I would have, we're twenty nine minutes into this podcast, and I know more about you. I didn't know before we started this call. So. Yeah, but it's just it's it's awesome stuff to hear. So, yes, indeed, sir. Dude, what, I think that is all the time we have, man. Thirty minutes. Well, sir, I appreciate the invitation. I wish you Thank the you. best, and let's be in touch. For that. sure, man. Awesome, man. Thank you for coming on. It, you know, it means a lot, especially a guy like you, to come on here and take the time out of your day. You know, you got a busy schedule and such. I'm happy to speak to people who are on a similar path yeah. as I am, sir. So let's keep it, let's keep hustling and keep awesome, it going. Awesome, man. Thank you, brother. You yep, too, man. Take care. Oh, hey, you uh, made it through the end of an episode. Congrats. I didn't think you guys would be able to sit through my voice that long, but you made it and you're here. So uh, this is my outro. Oh, true, oh, true, oh, true. Yeah, I, I know it's not professional by any means, but um, I'm here today to tell you guys that I have more episodes, and if you haven't listened to them yet, just got to exit this one, either scroll up or down, depending on what episode it is, and click on whatever one you like. So go ahead, exit this one, and go find another one to listen to. I promise they're all good. I wouldn't lie to you. <laughs>